It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. Moving week in the Big Ten, at least at the top, and we'll break it down in the Big Baseball Podcast. Kyle Charters here with the bro Drew Charters through the halfway point for many, as there are only four weekends to go until the Big Ten tournament in Omaha. What do we know? Well, some, but a lot of unanswered still, too. Also, coming up on the program, Rutgers coach Joe Letario, his team winners of the last two Big Ten weekends. We'll talk to him a little bit later on. All right, Drew. Um, so what do we know? What do we know is that it's crowded at the top of the Big Ten. You look at yeah. those three teams, Indiana, Nebraska, Michigan. Well, we're just separated here basically by percentage points. Indiana 9 and 3, Nebraska 11 and 4. The 9 and 3 is a 750, 11 and 4. Do the math quickly. 733. <laughs> oh, you are you cheating? Yep. Come on now. Uh Michigan <laughs> 727. Here's one thought quickly before we get into our biggest stories. Will the Michigan Wolverines be lamenting the weather at the end of this season because they did lose that game against Michigan State earlier in the year? The Spartans have, as we know, have struggled, though they did get a victory, their first in the Big Ten, over the weekend. But that loss of that game, Michigan has played one less. If you chalk that up as a win, the Wolverines would be tied with Indiana atop the standings as both those teams would be halfway through their Big Ten schedules. We'll be talking about that perhaps in a few weeks as this uh, conference race comes down to those last uh, couple of games one would imagine. Let's hit our biggest stories, though, for the week, and that is a change at the top. Indiana jumps ahead of Nebraska in the standings. Uh, how did it happen? Well, uh, in part because uh, Indiana won two of three games against Michigan State but did not win all three of those games. The Spartans got on the board. Also, because Iowa takes two of three against Nebraska. So the flip of those two teams at the top of the Big Ten standings. So, Drew, the Hoosiers get two of three, bumps them up in the standings. They're now in first place. Yeah, the offense continues to play well there for the Hoosiers. Matt Gorski, we'll talk about him in a few, but wins his second Big Ten player of the week. When you have that sort of offense with Sal Frank and Milto pitching like they are, Indiana's going to be a tough team to beat. It should be noted here that Tanner Gordon started game two. That's the game that IU lost to Michigan State. He went five innings, just giving up two hits, Seven strikeouts, but he was hit with a line drive, did mm. not return in that game. So we'll keep an eye on Gordon. They went on to lose that game, so tough loss for the Hoosiers, uh, but on the right track here. Michigan State gets a win. Ding. Yep. We, we should have, like, sound effects. We should. Can we get a podcast? No, let's not do that. <laughs> uh, Iowa 2 of 3 against Nebraska. So, I mean, that helped Indiana bumping them up as the Hawkeyes get uh, a series win, and you know, don't uh, sneeze at Iowa. Nine and six now. You know they played one extra series. They'll have a bye in the second half of the Big Ten. But uh, Nebraska losing the two of three helps Indiana move up. Also, yeah, games one and three were both close in that series. It took a bottom of the ninth walk off RBI single for Iowa to win game number one. In game number three, kind of disappointing. Iowa felt like they could have had a sweep. They had two unearned runs in that game. Uh, which led to the Nebraska victory. Game number two was a blowout. Iowa's offense really came alive with 16 runs in just the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings. They were led uh, offensively by Wietrich, Wayland, and Ben Norman throughout the series. All right, weekend sweeps. Michigan takes out Northwestern. The Wildcats have struggled in back-to-back weekends since sweeping Ohio State. 
And for Michigan, obviously, another good weekend for the Wolverines. Yeah, playing very well overall is Michigan. The bullpen came up big, uh, specifically in this series. Nine and two-thirds innings pitched over the whole entire weekend. Scoreless, uh, they struck out ten. So, uh, you know, when the pitching uh, sort of struggles for Michigan, that bullpen stepping up to go along with that offense, and they get the sweep. Illinois over Penn State, also in a sweep after Purdue-Rutgers game, which was early in the afternoon on Friday because of no lights there in Piscataway, also because uh, some weather coming in there. So we got that game in early, so watched a little bit of the opener of this one. A great pitcher's duel uh, between a couple of guys for Penn State against the Illini, um, and it was cold. I yeah. mean, it looked like it was like five degrees. It was Hoodie, champagne. Oh my gosh. Hoodie under your jersey cold. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was freezing. Uh, but Illinois gets the winner there in extras, then goes on to win uh, the next two of that series as well. So the line I have rallied a little bit here after a slow start to the Big yeah. Ten. What a roller coaster for Illinois in the Big Ten season. One and five in their first six, five and one in their next six. And, and we talk about Illinois' offense all the time with Taylor and Massey and Troike. Uh, Yalowitz, uh, mm-hmm. but it's really when they're winning these games, at least in the Big Ten here, it's really been defense and pitching. Just five errors in ten Big Ten games for Illinois. Uh, the bullpen is holding opponents to a 178 average. Uh, so, uh, you know, a little bit of a forgotten thing here, the Illinois right. pitching staff playing very well, leading to victories. And when it's freezing, the wind isn't quite blowing out, yeah. and if it is, it's just cold wind, and I'm, it's not helping your offense there. At Illinois Field. Okay, let's talk a little bit of Rutgers because we will have the head coach on, Joe Letario, here in just a moment. Uh, but the Scarlet Knights keep rolling a little bit. I, I don't know the info on this. Maybe uh, should have done some research. I cannot imagine there have been a lot of back-to-back weekends for Rutgers in yeah. which they have gone 5-1 and one in the Big Ten since they joined the league a few years ago. So that squad now having won six of seven in the Big Ten, uh, seven of nine, I guess, uh, if you expand it out a little bit, uh, you know, Rutgers right there playing pretty well. Yeah, six and four in the Big Ten right now is the best start since joining the Big Ten. So I think you're on the right track there, and this has got to be the best back-to-back series uh, for the Scarlet Knights, winners of six of the last seven. And the six victories recently, they haven't given up more than three runs, so uh, you're going to win a lot of ball games if the defense and pitching is only giving up three runs or less. All right, let's talk some upcoming Big Ten series because there are some big ones, especially these first two that we're going to talk about. Minnesota at Indiana. I think the Gophers are, uh, you know, lurking there a little bit, right? Uh, getting back into yeah. it, uh, you know, out of the conference last week against Oklahoma, still with a shot to get into the picture and they can do that if they're able to upend the Hoosiers at home this weekend. What I'm interested in seeing here is how the IU offense does against Max Meyer on Friday. You've got a really good offense against a really good pitcher. IU strikes out a lot. Can Meyer take advantage of that? And can Minnesota get that game one victory to carry some momentum into the rest of the series? All right, Illinois over at Nebraska. Let's see if the Illini can continue to climb up. The conference stands, man. Now, you said have one and five to five and one, so back to the 500 in an unusual way to get there. But in the second half, can the Illini keep it rolling? Yeah, they've got they've got Nebraska and then Indiana after that. So wow. another tough six game stretch here for Illinois. They're six and six now, but still sitting right around in that eighth, ninth spot in the Big Ten. So they still need victories, especially 
in this tough stretch. Iowa at Ohio State seems like a big series for the Buckeyes. I mean, certainly for Iowa, as the you know the Hawkeyes want to try and keep pace up there, you know, sort of in that four spot at the moment, though you know crowded in the middle of the Big Ten. But for Ohio State, uh, a log jam there at, at 500, basically. Big series for the Buckeyes. Well, it's a huge series for both of them, especially because IU and Nebraska, who are ahead of Iowa, are both in really tough series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they yeah. could be beating each other up, and it could be an opportunity for Iowa to make a move here. Yeah. Uh, they look for their fifth straight series victory, and Ohio State looks for their third straight series victory. So both teams, very similar Coming in hot and hoping to win some games. We'll talk to Letario about this in a moment, but Rutgers on the road in the second half of the Big Ten, and it's a big test at Michigan. Uh, the uh, Wolverines uh, tied in the loss column, as we mentioned. That Michigan State empty game there could come back to haunt a little bit uh, Michigan. But, you know, the Wolverines right in there. Uh, I mean, it's essentially, I don't want to, you know, uh, Essentially, three teams that are all just like percentage points, half games behind each other, or whatever. Maybe less than that if you if you count just the percentage points. But uh, a big series for Michigan against Rutgers. We'll see if uh, the Scarlet Knights pitching can can hold up against that offense. Yeah, again, similar thing uh, that Iowa is facing for Michigan here as IU, Nebraska, Illinois, all in tough series this weekend. Michigan uh, against Rutgers, who is playing well, but a chance to to really move up if those higher teams can beat up on each other a little bit. Maryland at Penn State and Northwestern at Michigan State. Look, when you're playing those two teams and you're the road team, and because others have beaten up on Penn State and Michigan State, you almost feel like you have to go in there and get series wins or you take a step back from what yeah. other teams have been able to do against those two opponents. Now, Penn State and Michigan State are home. So, you know, a possibility for them to get series wins at home and how big a setback would that be for Maryland and Northwestern as they seek to get in to the Big Ten tournament. That makes those series worth watching as well. After this Maryland at Penn State series, Maryland's got Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, mm-hmm. last nine games of the season. Yeah, certainly uh, that makes maybe that series even more important yeah. for the Terps. All right, let's talk some award winners for the week. Let's start with the big arm for the week. Some pretty good uh, candidates in here, Drew. Who you got? Yeah, Sal Frank, Andrew Sal Frank for IU, an 11-2 victory over Michigan State. Another 11 strikeouts for Sal Frank. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Carl Kaufman moves into the Friday spot in the rotation, gets a victory for Michigan, seven innings, uh, four hits, just a run, and seven strikeouts. Uh, Trent Johnson, another guy who's moved into the rotation uh, for Purdue, gets the Saturday start and a victory against Rucker, six innings, just a couple of hits for Trent, eight strikeouts. Uh, Griffin Smith pitched a complete game for Ohio State and a victory over Maryland, just four hits, an earned run. Uh, 10 strikeouts and a couple of walks. Uh, but this week, we'll give our big arm award to Harry Rakowski uh, for Rutgers. Gets a victory over Purdue. Uh, Harry throws eight innings, gives up six hits, no runs, strikes out 12, and walks two to earn the award. Yeah, I was there for that game. He was really good. Kept Purdue off balance. Worked uh, eight clean innings. The 12 strikeouts were huge. Did give up a couple of hits there. But was able to scatter them, worked out of a jam. Uh, he was solid. So big for him, uh, a worthy award winner. All right, big bats. A number of guys this week. 
I don't know if you have to go through all this yeah. list. We put this. This is uh this is the most challenging part of our week in uh, <laughs> in compiling all the guys' numbers and then uh, trying to decipher one from the next. Yeah. Uh, but who do you have for this week? Well, for Illinois, Michael Massey hit well, had a home run, and hit 412 over the weekend. Uh, IU had a couple of offensive players, Matt Lloyd and Scott Bradley, who made the list. Uh, Iowa with Tanner Wietrich and Chris Whalen. Uh, Whalen had a home run and hit 533 over the weekend. Spencer Swellenbach back in the lineup after being injured for Nebraska had three home runs over the weekend. Uh, Jordan Wogu for Michigan hit 642, nine for 14 on the weekend. Uh, but just one extra base hit, eight singles mm-hmm. and an extra base hit. Zach Denzinzo uh, for Ohio State made the list, as well as Dom Canzone, who is makes the list every week. <laughs> uh, but we'll go back to IU. Uh, hard not to give it to Matt Gorski after a 10-RBI weekend. He was 9 for 17, uh, six runs scored, two doubles, and a couple of home runs for the Hoosiers. Yeah, I mean, look, Indiana's offense is really good, so they're going to have guys on this list every week. And Gorski, uh, solid. I mean, you get double-digit RBI couple of home runs you're going to be right there and uh certainly uh deserving for this week yeah. all right joe letario coming up uh, on the program next the sixth year coach at rutgers coming off a big victory two games to one against a purdue at home but rutgers will have to be road warriors in the second half of the big 10 season we'll talk to him about that and much more coming up next on the big baseball podcast Happy to bring in Joe Letario in his sixth season at Rutgers on the Big Baseball Podcast. Joe, your team playing well recently, uh, up to now seven and five in the Big Ten. That's good for sixth place. I know there's a lot of time to go still, especially with your crew. You still have got 14 uh, conference weekends to go, and three of them are on the road, which might present you a little bit of a challenge certainly does, it seems like, in the Big Ten. But you've got to be happy about uh, how your team is playing here recently. A sweep a couple of weeks ago to Michigan State. You take two out of three over the weekend against the Boilermakers. You're playing well. Yeah, uh, first off, I uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, right now we got things going a little bit. You know, I think we've uh, you know spent uh, a lot of time on the road early on with, with 15 freshmen. You know, on the roster, and a lot of growing pains early. Uh, we got a chance now to be home for the first time. You know, to, to sit at home for a couple of weeks, which has been nice. And uh, you know, we're, we're doing things that we didn't do earlier on in the year, and uh, it's paying off right now. One of the things that you're really doing well these days is, is the pitching. I, I thought over the weekends, uh, especially out of the starters, uh, it was excellent. Gave your squad an opportunity, uh, really, to win each time out. And you've had some consistency there once the Big Ten came around, right? With uh, Harry Redkowski, Tommy Gennario, and Tevin Murray uh, going for the most part for for the whole time. Uh, you, you've liked what you've gotten out of that trio. Yeah, that, that's uh, you know uh, Phil Kendary, my pitching coach, is just you know he, he's a, a master at his craft, and uh, you know it's something that early on with, with a lot of young kids, and uh, you have to figure out. What you know, who, who went where, and what the pieces, where the pieces fell, and um, you know, we, Tommy was a relief guy, and and Murray, uh, Kevin Murray started it as a starter, and then went back to the a relief role, and uh, he's just got all the pieces working right now, and our starters, like you said, you know, the last couple of weekends have been uh, 
you know, doing what, what they're supposed to be doing, you know, taking the ball and getting six, seven innings for us and uh, giving us a chance to win every weekend. Yeah. Yeah, certainly are these days. I think you've won, what, six of the last seven conference games, which sort of have jumped you up to the middle of the pack there in what is a pretty crowded Big Ten. I mean, I think it's difficult to say anything is decided still at this point. Uh, but you you feel pretty right. good about where you are at the halfway point now? I do. I do. Uh, you know, yeah, like you said, this this is far from being over. Uh, you know, with everybody right in the middle, there's a couple of teams up top that are kind of falling away. Uh, but everybody else is right in the mix. So uh, it could come down to the last weekend, and, and we know this. We're on the road, like you said, three of the next four. So we got a difficult task in front of us. And, uh, you know, we're not taking, you know, seven to five is great at, at the halfway point. Uh, you know, we're happy where we're at right now. Uh, but there's still a lot of work to be done. All right, so early in the season when the, the coaches picked their top six for the Big Ten, it actually turned out to be top seven. Uh, you guys weren't in there, which I, I don't think you know qualified necessarily as a huge surprise. But I picked you guys as a uh, surprise contender to get into that you know top six, seven because of what you had returning, and, and then you start you know a little bit slow in the non-conference. I think like six and fifteen, and I was feeling poor about my pick, and you were probably <laughs> feeling poor about your team's performance. Uh, but. I guess, you know, what did you learn then during the difficult stretch that you think you were able to apply to your team now? Well, you know, I agree with you. I think uh, coming back from last year's season, you know, we showed signs of uh, coming back this year and being able to get in that top eight and uh, the, the start we got off to. I tell you, if you look at who we played, uh, a lot of senior-dominated teams, which uh, just unlucky as a part of scheduling. Uh, the teams that we played early on on the weekends, you know, their records are pretty good right now. And uh, going in with a young team and losing my shortstop in the fall, uh, Danny Giorgio was a uh, Big Ten freshman uh, team. That hurt us. You know, that that made me, uh, we had to shuffle some pieces uh, on the defensive side. You know, I, I went with a freshman at short. And, you know, as freshmen do, sometimes it's it's, uh, it's a tough battle early on. And, uh you know, he was making some errors, and, and we were really putting ourselves, you know, it wasn't the pitching, it was more the defense that, that really hurt us early on. Uh, so we mixed and matched, and I, I wound up moving my second baseman to short, uh, and he's been doing a great job there, and it, it kind of frees us up a little bit to put the young guy at second base with where not as much pressure and, and focus on the defense end, uh, and, and that's kind of helped us out a lot, yeah. you know, so... Uh, early on coming back, you know, I'm pretty solid in the infield. When you lose that key piece uh, in Danny Giorgio, it kind of, you know, sets you back a little bit. Um, you know, so we're, we figured that out, and the pitching is starting to come around. I think, you know, that's where we're headed. So, wait, you're telling me that Kevin Welsh is your third option at shortstop? Because <laughs> he, I mean, he, in all seriousness, he won at least one game for you this weekend against Purdue, right? I mean, he made a couple of really nice defensive plays, and the one behind second base on Friday afternoon's game, I mean, that right. that probably makes a huge difference in the outcome. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, he's really turned around. He's been a you know a high school shortstop. Uh, started for me as a shortstop his freshman year. Uh, moved him over to second base last year when Danny Giorgio started playing very well, and that combination really just clicked. Um, and it worked out well. So putting him back to short, I know he had some doubts in his mind early on. He was making some errors, but now he's been he's been lights out. And like you said, you know he's definitely one of some games with his defense. 
you know, and, and it's been a he's been making that play in the hole, you know, the the, uh, the backhand and throwing guys out, and he's been doing everything that you, that you want of the uh, you know shortstop right now, and he's gotten you know he's a leader now, but he, and that's what I expected of him. But yes, he's been uh, he's been outstanding. Yeah, no doubt about it. He certainly has. Joe Letario on with us on the podcast this week, uh, talking to the Rutgers head coach in his sixth season there in Piscataway. Um, you know, you play on a, in a bigger park, uh, a speedy turf. You try and recruit and design your team around the aspects that you have at home because you guys do play well there. Seems like, uh, you know, the guys sort of have taken to what the atmosphere is. Are you trying to do that in a recruiting point of view? No, no question. You know, our park is uh, probably one of the bigger ones in the Big Ten. Um, and you need speed. You need speed in that outfield to cover ground. Uh, and I'm a big fan of, you know, pitching defense wins baseball games. Um, and that's what we're doing right now. Obviously, we'd like to hit a little bit more, and we'd like to have that big bopper that can that can get you that three-run home run real quick. But um, those guys are hard to find, you know, and you can get guys with speed, and you can teach them the rest and uh, coach them up and, and – uh, you know, defense is, you know, what's most important. So we definitely recruit to that, you know, but uh, if, uh, if a, a power hitter comes along, we're going to take him as well. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> nobody's going to turn him down. I right. don't think that's for sure. Even if you play in a big park like you guys do, I mean, correct. you know, certainly nice to have that bat. But the, the top half of your order, I, you know, I, I think you've got a good mix there. It seems right. like, I mean, Neister is a good... Uh, leadoff guy's got a little bit of speed for you. Welsh, we talked about defensively, but good in the two-hole. you got a couple of bats in the middle of that lineup that you've got to be able to feel can drive some guys home, even though even if they're not you know, necessarily you know, A1 power hitters. You feel pretty good about the top half. Probably think you need a little bit more production out of the bottom half. That's not atypical, I think, for a lot of teams, but uh, it's the way your team is made up right now. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think uh, we had a couple of slow starts from a couple of seniors that we were hoping this year come out, uh, you know, and take that leadership role. But uh, they're starting to come along a little bit. But, yeah, I agree with that. The bottom of the order, you know, they actually won us a couple of games against Michigan State where they were on base a lot and turned it over to the top. So there's, that's starting to click a little bit. You know, we this weekend against Purdue, Tim Desi, who's our leading hitter, was out for the first two games uh, with a bad flu. Uh, he tried to come back on Sunday and got a hit on Sunday. Um so he's been out, and against Michigan State, he was out Friday night. So we missed our meeting here in the conference a few times last weekend, and he's a, he's a big part to our offense. He makes us a little bit deeper uh, going in. But So hopefully he stays healthy and he'll be back you know, uh, this weekend. All right, so you guys are used to road trips. I mean, you guys spend yeah. a time or two in the airport out there, I would imagine, yeah. as, as we did yesterday. Um, right. So you've got three of the last four away from home in the second half of the Big Ten, and and not easy places either. I mean, at Michigan, at Penn State, we know the Nittany Lions can pitch. You know, at Indiana, you mix the home series in there with Northwestern in the second to last weekend. It's going to be a challenge in the second half of the year, right? Because, I mean, you guys have got to go on the road and, and win some games. Yeah, I think you said it you know, perfectly. Uh, Y'all know Michigan's uh, very good, and we got to go to their place and, and – uh figure out how to win some games there. And, and Penn State, you know, let, let their record fool you. Uh, they lost three one-run one games this weekend uh, at Illinois. So, um, you know, they're going to be a challenge as well at their ballpark. And, then, you know, the home game against Northwestern and going to Indiana, um, you know, we have a, 
challenge. You know, we're, we're used to playing on the road. I think this was a good split where we were able to stay home for a couple of weeks. Uh, and I think we're, we're ready to go back on the road now. And um, we're used to it. So hopefully these young guys, you know, it's old hats for them now. They're no longer freshmen. Uh, they know what to expect on the road. So hopefully we can go out there and, uh, to Michigan and, and get a couple. So what are your thoughts on the Big Ten? You guys have been part of it, you know, since you've been around as the head coach. Of course, you were around before that, you know, not part of the league. Just, uh, you know, thoughts on the Big Ten as being a, a relative newcomer now, though it's sort of hard to say that still, it feels <laughs> like. Uh, just what do you think of the league? I love it. You know, I, from day one, um, just the ballparks, the stadiums you play in, uh, the atmosphere around the ballparks, you know, everything is college baseball. Um, it's, it's a real college baseball experience when you go to, uh, you know, especially on the road for us right now until we get our ballpark the way we want it. Um, but you get out there and you're playing in front of, uh, 3,000, 5,000 people. And it's just, it's outstanding. The hardest part about the big time besides the competition is the travel. You know, for us, that's, that's tough. We go to Iowa, we're on a two and a half hour flight, uh, then we're on a three hour bus ride. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, that's that's the big part about it is learning to travel, making sure these guys uh, keep up with their nutrition, because that that'll you know wear you down a little bit. Um, but yeah, other than the travel, it's a great league to be in. Uh, you know, it's one of the obviously a Power Five conference, and uh, you know we've been getting guys into the regionals. You know, multiple teams into the regionals, and that's that's what you want. If you can, you don't have to win your league to get into a regional. Yeah, that's big. So if you can be a top three, four team in our conference, you're you're going to get a chance to, to play, you know, postseason. You mentioned the stadium, and, and look, we went over there. Everybody's accommodating. You, you do the best you can. You know, being outside there for us is is a little bit different, <laughs> but you know, it's fine. It works. Uh, you know, it, everybody does their best. But I would imagine that you, as the coach, want to you know see some things uh, upgraded there, which I, I'm sure would help you in in a multitude of ways from. From recruiting to, to game day atmosphere, with getting more folks out to, to watch you every day, you know the the folks that were out there were great over the weekend. I thought they were extremely vocal and into it. Uh, certainly made for a good atmosphere from that point of view. But is there any uh, anything in the future that you see from a, from an upgrade uh, point of view that uh, that you guys are working on, or or at least preliminary working on, or announced yet, or, or what's happening with the stadium? Yeah, Pat Hobbs, our AD, has been outstanding. He's uh, you know, fundraised over $100 million for uh, the new uh, performance center that's going up and open up in July. He's got another building opening up on Bush Campus, uh, academic support, um, building lacrosse and soccer. So we're, uh, we're next on the, on the list. You know, he, he's very honest with what he says about where we're at and where we're going to go, and he understands the situation we're in uh, with facilities. But he has a lot on his plate, you know, and he's taking care of the big boys first. And then he's going to, um, you know, down the road, he knows what we need. And he has an idea and a plan. You know, we got the uh, the Fred Hill Training Complex, which is an indoor facility that is, you know, top-notch in the country. Yeah. And that's a big, big, big issue for developing players. And that's obviously what we need to do at this level. Um, you know, he's given us that. And uh, we're getting new turf uh, this summer. So that will... We'll, you know, clean up the field and make it, uh, you know, uh, a better surface to play on. Uh, and, you know, as you saw, so uh, if we can um, draw that many people on what we're doing now, it's it's, uh, it's a good fan base. They're excited about what you're doing. And when you win in this area, it's big. It's big news. So, yeah. 
that's what we need to do. You know, we need to do our end and, and get into that tournament and make some noise and continue success. And I think things will come our way. Yeah. Yeah, certainly crowd that was into it, no doubt about that. They right. were they were charged up and ready to go, and we had some nice weather uh, for the most part all weekend, which helped out too. You mentioned Fred Hill. Uh, you know, we lost the, the legendary coach here what uh, a couple months ago now, early March, I guess. Uh, you know, a, a guy you were very close to, obviously one of your mentors. Uh, just astounding numbers that he had over the years at Rutgers. I guess just tell me if you can what he meant to you and what what he meant to the program. Yeah, well, one when I stepped on campus, uh, when I was a young 18-year-old kid, uh, you know, you met a guy that had a flat top, uh, kind of shaved head, military style, <laughs> um, and it didn't change. You know, I've known him for over 30 years through my playing career, through my early coaching career, and, and then, you know, obviously came back and coached with him. Um, so he's, he's meant a lot of things to a lot of different people. You know, to me, he's been a guy that, that really has helped me through my career. You know, he's the reason why I got my first head coaching job. Quick story, the AD, I was meeting with the associate AD uh, for an interview. The AD walks in, pats me on the shoulder and says, a Fred Hill guy, you're my guy, and walks out. And that's, <laughs> that's how the interview went. So yeah. uh, that's what kind of respect he had around this area, and I'm sure over the, you know, throughout the country. But um, he did things the right way. Uh, it was fundamentals. It was discipline. You know, he made sure that we were prepared anywhere we went. And, you know, that that's what I do. I, I just take what he has given me throughout my career and, and apply it to this program. And, um, you know, he's, he's missed by many. We're going to honor him on May 11th uh, at the North, North, uh, uh, May 11th, Northwestern yeah. at, uh, I believe, 2 o'clock. So we're going to honor him there, uh, have a little ceremony for him and, and uh, you know, dedicate a plaque to him. But, you know, he's meant so much to so many people, and, and just to uh, to be able to honor him, and um, you know, it means the world to me to be able to, to do that for him. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, a guy that's coached for that long, impacted that many young people, um, right. you know, an impressive life, impressive career, and nice that you guys will be able to do that here in that home series uh, later this year. Hey, Joe, appreciate right. the time. Uh, keep the keep the role going there. You guys are playing well, pitching it well, and and finding ways to, to pick up victories, and that's about all you can do these days in the Big Ten, it seems like. It's a, it's a challenge every week, and, and you guys have got it going right now. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks to Rutgers coach Joe Leterio coming on the program. His team's got it rolling a little bit. The Big Baseball Podcast here, production of 1017. The Hammer. Kyle with Drew. Let's pick it up with our lineup, the nine topics that we're talking about as we go into the next weekend of Big Ten play. And let's stick with number one and the Scarlet Knights. Now, we asked Joe about this. The road will be difficult uh, starting this weekend at Michigan, then at Penn State. That'll even be a big series. you got to be able to handle the Nittany Lions and its pitching at home. Northwestern then will go to Piscataway and then at Indiana for Rutgers to wrap things up. So a challenging second half of the Big Ten. Yeah, winners of seven of their last nine and currently fifth in the Big Ten, but we'll see how the next couple weeks play out. It's been the pitching for Rutgers that has led the way here. A Big Ten leading 2.61 earned run average. That's in Big Ten games only uh, for Rutgers. They've only given up 33 runs uh, in Big Ten play. Only IU has given up less with 32. 
Started at the top of the show, calling it uh, a movement week at the top of the Big Ten. Let's talk some movement uh, with topic number two. Okay, so for Michigan, no Jesse Franklin this last weekend. For Minnesota, no Patrick Fredrickson. Not sure exactly what the status of both those guys were over the weekend. Some other uh, sort of noteworthy moves here. And I'll let you chime in here at the end. Purdue starts Trent Johnson on Saturday. He's excellent. We talked about him in the big arm earlier. He'll move to Friday night now. So a guy that was striking out guys with uh, huge regularity as sort of the fireman role for the Boilermakers moves now into the Friday night starter. Spencer Swallenbach, we know, has been back for a few games now, but he was back back over the weekend. And also Michigan flipping its uh, its weekend starters, uh, Tommy Henry Carl Kaufman, from Friday and Saturday, moving those guys around. Any notes you got uh, on any one of those topics? Yeah, just an interesting. We'll talk about Henry here in a, four, in a second. In topic number four, we'll talk Michigan. But surprising that that Michigan flipped Kaufman and Henry. They've both been solid all year. Um, but they felt like they had something there in Kaufman moving to the Friday start. Uh, I'm interested to see what's what's going on with Fredrickson. I'm sure we'll we'll figure it out as, as the weeks go along mm-hmm. here. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that moving forward. Um, he struggled a little bit this year coming, yeah. you know, the pitcher of the year last year. We expected maybe uh, a little bit of a step back. I mean, he was just so impressive last year. It would have been hard to replicate that. We just didn't yeah. expect it to be quite the way it has been. And we talked earlier about how maybe he overachieved a little bit yeah. last year, underachieving a little bit this year. His true talent and ex- yeah. expectation is probably somewhere in the middle of right. there. Uh, we just have yet to see it this season. All right, hit topic number three, Indiana ranked, the only Big Ten team ranked at the moment as the Hoosiers get into the top 25. Yeah, everything going well for IU right now. Uh, Offensively, Gorski wins his second Big Ten player of the week of the year. Andrew Salfrank, in in that Sunday start for them, uh, has been extremely consistent. Ten-plus strikeouts in uh, four straight starts in five of the last six now, the offense is still striking out a lot, but it hasn't affected them really at all. They've struck out 412 times Jeez. this season. The next closest team is only 375. Wow. Set dead red, man. Yeah. Knock it out of here. It's working. Strikeouts uh, be darned. Uh, just hit the long ball, and it has worked out. I am interested to see Indiana when it takes on a a, a, te- a team that can really pitch it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Are, are they too reliant on the long ball? When they get in the NCAA tournament, they're taking on a team that can really throw the ball. How does that work out for Indiana? We'll That's something to watch as the season goes on, no we'll doubt. S- we'll see here in a few days. Max Meyer versus the Indiana offense. Yeah, Should be true. fun to watch. All right, topic number four, betting cleanup uh, today for us. Michigan, and you look at the Wolverine stats, they're uh, at the top of the Big Ten in a lot of categories, Drew. Yeah, I think we'd be having a di- whole different conversation, as you mentioned, if that Michigan State game wasn't canceled mm-hmm. earlier in the season. Michigan would be probably uh tie for the lead. They're just a half game out right now in the Big Ten, and they lead the Big Ten in team batting average, ERA, on-base percentage. Hmm. Defense is solid. They're second in fielding percentage. Uh, you've got Wogu. Jordan Brewer and Blake Nelson, all in the top 10 in batting average in the Big Ten. And we've talked about Henry. If they can get him back on track, he hasn't won since that Michigan State series on March 29th. His last three starts for Michigan, 15 and a third innings pitched, 19 hits, 15 earned runs, 13 strikeouts, and eight walks. And that's not the Tommy Henry we saw at the beginning of the year. Now, 
I preface all of this with he's still six and three on the season with a two point <laughs> seven ERA. So uh, you know, we're not talking about a drastic drop off here. He's yeah. still a great pitcher and and should get it back going for Michigan. All right, topic number five, Ohio State beats the Terps two of three, second straight series win for the Buckeyes after being swept by Northwestern. So an up and down Ohio State team, as we talked to Greg Beals a couple of weeks ago, maybe up a little bit right now. Yeah, a couple of guys who have just stepped up huge for Ohio State, uh, specifically uh, Dom Camzone, who uh, you know has been a staple in our nomination at least for big bat every single week he has reached base safely in 37 straight games and has a 14 game hitting streak he leads the big 10 in batting average with a 375 overall in the weekend ohio state hit the ball extremely well against maryland 306 average for the weekend they hit eight home runs and nine doubles in that series all right topic number six let's go a little bit of different direction here talk about the third assistant this is something that has gotten a lot of play nationally a push by a lot of programs and some conferences to add a third assistant to baseball to sort of take care of the volunteer position uh it's something that did get voted down by the division one council so it will not go into effect uh now uh for baseball and softball the softball aspect of it uh you know got added in i think for some at least provided was safe to say a complication A little, I I don't know why, I don't understand, I guess, why it did add a complication. I, I feel like if you have something for baseball, you should for sort of the adjoining sport a little bit. Here's my thought. Okay, you've got volunteers uh, at each one of these programs throughout the country. These are younger guys not getting paid a whole lot or basically at all. I, I think there are some, you know, ability to to you know get camp money or or something of that fashion but we're not talking about a a livable wage there and you guys so you got young guys in volunteer position that's a very difficult position to put those guys in i think as you know volunteers yeah. so, you know they get dreams of coaching uh in in the big 10 or or in collegiate baseball or or somewhere else and man that's a that's a tough spot to be in yeah, this is a proposal uh, brought up by the SEC conference. They're who are sort of driving the bus here, and it's and, and this isn't the first year. I think that's the frustrating part for uh, people in college baseball is they felt like this year they had all the momentum to get the vote passed, and then at the last minute it did not get passed. Um, so frustrating to say the least for you know college baseball people who are obviously backing this a hundred percent. My thoughts are are why not, basically. I have not read a, a good argument on why they would not pass this. It just didn't pass. The, the, the proposal states that you can pay a third assistant. It doesn't say that you must pay a third assistant. So I'm not sure. Uh, my yeah. thoughts are I'm not sure. Why, why not? Vote hmm. it in. And if you're a school that is in disagreement of it, then just don't pay the, the, the third assistant. Continue yeah. him on a volunteer basis and move on with your baseball program. Hmm. All right. Uh, you know, that we could probably go on yeah. uh, sort of about that and, and talk to others. There's some that have pretty so- strong stances on it. Um, thought it was worth mentioning, though, in our lineup for today. All right, topic number seven, uh, Penn State. Man, the Nittany Lions were off to such a good start in the non-conference. But when the Big Ten has come around, the offense just hasn't been there, which has been a shame. Because otherwise, that Penn State team, man, they got a chance to win every time out because the pitching is so good. 
Yeah, they are. We're, you know, it's no secret we were talking about Penn State early uh, as a team that could surprise some folks this season. They were 14-4 and four after 18 games in the non-conference schedule, best start since 1980, uh, and then just sort of have dropped off your only one Big Ten win. Uh, but you mentioned the pitching. Uh, let's get back on there. The pitching is fourth in the Big Ten in ERA. Uh, it's just not translating to wins at all because on the offensive side, they're 11th in average in the Big Ten. Uh, they've only scored 36 runs in their 14 Big Ten games. That's only 2.6 runs per game. So uh, it, that doesn't really help even if you have that solid pitching staff. If you're only scoring two and a half runs a game, you need a little bit more help. Topic number eight, the Illini. Okay, the remaining schedule for Illinois. We'll learn something about uh, Dan Hartleb and company following series against Nebraska and Indiana. Now it lightens up Purdue, Michigan State there the last couple of weekends. But, man, these next six games, pretty good. Yeah, pretty tough for Illinois. I, You know, we talked earlier, they were 1-5 in the first six. They're 5-1 and one in the next six. And it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a season of sixes uh, for Illinois yeah, here. There you go. Uh, and, uh... I think if they can get through this next six against Nebraska and Indiana, maybe at 500 or better, they should still be in pretty good shape. They'll be set if they go 500. They'll be setting nine and nine in the Big Ten mm-hmm. with at home against Purdue, and then on the road against Michigan State for their final six, which uh, there should be some victories in there. All right, topic number nine. What you watching this week? Uh, I'm watching, you know, everybody's looking at Minnesota IU and Illinois Nebraska series, but I've really got my eye on the Iowa Ohio State. That's at Ohio State and Columbus uh, series. These are two teams that are extremely similar uh, to me. Uh, solid pitching staff, solid offense. Uh, Ohio State right now uh, sets right at that eight spot in the Big Ten at six and six. Iowa trying to make a run at those top tier teams in the Big Ten at nine and six. So I think, to me, that's a key series to keep an eye on and, and what happens there uh, in that series in Columbus. Yeah, certainly eyes on Bloomington and Lincoln, obviously, with those two series. Rutgers and Michigan, I think, is intriguing because the Scarlet Knights and that pitching and then the way Rutgers likes to play at home on that, uh, you know, sort of halfway AstroTurf, halfway uh, the, the field turf. It's a quick surface. Uh, so they've designed, you know, defense, offense around that. They play really well at home. Can Rutgers go on the road and win a game, maybe two games? Anything more than that, I think, would be really pushing it. But take a game against the Wolverines and sort of hang in there in the first weekend on the road. I think that'll be intriguing to watch this week, no doubt about it. All right, brother, that's it for us for today. A thanks to Joe Letario, Rutgers head coach, for joining us on the program. We greatly appreciate Uh, his time, and all the coaches that have come on with us each week. Should be a great final four weeks of the Big Ten as it gets underway this weekend. Thanks, man. Good show today. Yeah, felt like a great show today. All right. Uh, uh, That'll do it for us. For uh, Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. 